Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor. 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever, drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bum me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my asses. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh is the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And on Fresh is the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present action artist and writer, Kaylin Smith. This week, Smith, along with Dirk Manning, launched the Kickstarter campaign for their sixth issue superhero graphic novel, Hope, that they co-created. Smith was known for a previous comic, The Western Plume, that garnered much attention after its webcomic beginnings. During our conversation, we talked about the Hope Kickstarter and the story behind doing a superhero comic with Manning, her beginnings as a writer and artist, turning her work into a job, the importance of keeping up with her network with other creatives, what she's learned by doing comics, the role of women in the comic book industry and working comic cons. Before we get into this interview with Kaylin Smith, I definitely want to give a shout out to Knox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foul Mouth for the theme music for Fresh is the Word. And I just want to remind you how you can support the podcast. You can always go to freshthepodcast.com and share any links to any of the episodes on any of your social media platforms. And you can also... If you have anything that you want to send me, you can uh, email me at djkfresh at gmail.com. And also, if you want to subscribe to Fresh the Word, uh, you can pretty much go to anywhere where podcasts are stream. 
Uh, that uh, includes Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, pretty much anywhere. And a rating and review would go a long way also in helping to build the popularity of the show. And also, you can fo- follow me on Twitter and Instagram at KFreshIsTheWord and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KFresh. You can follow Fresh is the Word online at Twitter at Fresh is the Word, and that's is with I-Z. Instagram at Fresh is the Word Podcast, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fresh is the Podcast. And another note, I am currently setting up a Patreon account that will have all sorts of uh, tiers, including uh, I'm going to crack open my, uh, my interview audio archives from uh, interviews that I did when I was writing some articles for Real Detroit and Huffington Post, uh, among other places. And also there will be tiers to where you can either contribute to the podcast or even be on the podcast. So I'm not sure when that's going to launch, but it's going to launch very soon. If you want to help out, it would def- any dollar would count, you know, with helping out with uh, the show and my creative endeavors. So uh, be on the lookout for uh, the Fresh of the Word, the K-Fresh Patreon accounts coming soon. All right, let's get into the interview with Kaylin Smith. <laughs> Start things off, you have the Hope uh, comic book that you're starting to do a Kickstarter for. Um, you already did a uh, pretty much an independent run of the first issue, which I have, and I really you know enjoyed it. It was a... Uh, um, comic that you uh, co-created with Dirk Manning and mm-hmm. um, also it's going to that uh, first issue is going to be a part of the free comic book day uh, via uh, source point on um, press um, kind of talk about you know what the um, comic is about and you know what we um, have in store for this kickstarter that's coming up yeah so uh, hope um, is you know, for Dirk and for me is the first time we've ever dabbled into the superhero genre. So we are uh, definitely playing in someone else's playground, it feels like. Um, But yeah, Hope is about a mother who moonlights as a superhero and one tragedy just blows the whole secret out of the water. And it's just kind of how society reacts to her as, you know, a mother and as a superhero. So it's kind of a dark, realistic look upon the superhero genre. Um, And yeah, it's it's been fun trying to break that mold a little bit. Right. Um. What's the what's the kick uh, the Kickstarter gonna be? Yeah. So we're launching next. Well, I guess if this goes live afterwards, yeah. uh, we have launched. <laughs> um. And yeah, we're we're aiming for the first volume. So it's gonna be the first six issues of Hope, and uh, it's pretty. Uh, I brutal. Um, I'm currently working on the art right now, but all scripts have been. Uh, drafted and yeah we're we're pretty excited about it and um and then yeah the kickstarter is going to offer other free or other good uh, little uh, add-ons like uh, enamel pins and um maybe uh, additional extra pages in the book um we're just trying to keep it pretty simple but you know we're just aiming for that hardcover uh, first volume I've talked with Dirk in the past about, you know, how the, you know, how you guys came up with uh, Hope. He basically said that he's always had this idea in his mind to do this comic book, but he couldn't find the right person until he kind of met you and kind of uh, things kind of came together. Kind of talk about, you know, how you guys came together to do this uh, comic book Hope. 
Yeah, he uh, pitched it to me actually at one of the shows, uh, Heroes Con actually. Um, he's like, you know, are you going to be, you know, free for a new project? And I have this project that I've been sitting on. And uh, he pitched it to me and I thought it was a really interesting idea. Uh, it kind of hit the long lines of Incredibles a little bit. Um, and I, I just, I love that series. Well, you know, the movie, but, uh, it's, yeah, it was kind of a, a click for me as well. I mean, I, I kind of jumped on board immediately after he sent me the first draft and, um, and then since then, you know, he's asked if I would help him map out the rest of the story. So we, we do bullet points beginning of every issue and, um, you know, kind of talk it out and then he goes off and writes it and then hands it off to me to draw on color. So it is a, it's a very collaborative, um, project. And I, I, I enjoy that immensely that he, you know, he's willing to, to hear me out on this baby that he's been sitting on for so long. So <laughs> seeing that this is uh, both you guys is uh, kind of foray into uh, to superhero comics. How is it different than anything they've done in the past? Um, I, I don't think it's too terribly different. Um, I, I was actually pretty nervous coming into it because um, I know, you know, obviously superheroes are, you know, that's the comic world. And I was afraid to, you know, make a misstep or, um, you know, treat this poorly or I don't know, someone would have some kind of uh, negative reaction to it. But we have treated it very, uh, you know, um, and we just went into it wanting to create a really dramatic story with with the superhero kind of on the back burner of it. So it's, you know, it's a first, it's a human story and then it's a superhero story. So we kind of addressed it that way. So it's not terribly different from any projects that we've done before, um, especially with Dirk because, you know, he's a horror writer and it's still a pretty horrific <laughs> story. <laughs> um, so I, I would say it's not terribly different. Um, I at first thought it would be, but it, it, it feels pretty at home for us so far. How would you describe the stuff that you did before? Because I know you had a uh, kind of like your own project with Plume. Uh, well, Plume definitely uh, was that hobby on the side that turned into a job. And um, so I was just kind of doing Plume for, for funsies. And it just like rolled into to this now. Um, you know, I started posting online as a webcomic and then the you know, people started reaching out and, you know, I was watching the audience grow more and more on the website and, um, you know, bringing it to print. I, it was, it was mind blowing that people actually wanted to spend money on something that they could get for free online. So plume. Yeah. It was that launching point where it was like, I'm telling a story that I love that I'm, you know, I don't have to answer to anybody. I'm just creating the story the way I want to do it. And yeah. And now here I am, you know, working with other people, which is just great. So, um, yeah, I guess plume is the training wheels <laughs> is how I would describe it. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's a job now, but it's still a hobby. You know, it's, I still, I still find great passion in it. What is it? What was it about plume that resonated so well with people? Uh, I'm, I'm character driven. I love creating characters that are, are funny, but flawed. And I, I know that people just, um, related with Vesper and with Korik. Um, you know, they were out to do their best, but sometimes it just wasn't good enough. And, uh, you know, I think, yeah, people really responded to, to my characters. 
kind of, you know, going back, uh, when did you first sort of get the itch to, you know, want to be this creative person who was, you know, an artist and a writer? Ooh, uh, I've been drawing ever since I could remember. Um, and then writing too. Uh, a lot of my friendships were based on writing. Like I would pass a notebook back and forth between um, one of my friends and we would just um, expand on a story. And that's just how we built our friendship, which I'm friends with her still to this day. So 20 years almost. Uh, um, but I, I've been writing and drawing as far as I can remember. Um, going to college, I went to school uh, originally for graphic design. So I thought I would get like, you know, an actual office job. Um, but then I saw this ad in the newspaper for a weekly comic um, artist for the the you know, university newspaper. And I started doing that and I fell in love with it. Um, and that's when I switched majors to animation. And so I thought I was going to be an animator. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, as I was, you know, going through school, I kind of started drawing a comic on the side, which was plume to keep myself, you know, doing art every day and to, you know, sharpen those skills. And then, yeah, that's where it started to grow. Um, so yeah, I thought I was going to be I thought I was going to be at Disney animating, <laughs> uh, but I'm glad that dream died. So, uh, I, I, yeah, this, this is the world I, I'm supposed to be in. Right. Like, uh, kind of like paths to graphic design or animation. Those are like jobs. Those are like careers that yeah. a lot of people <laughs> in this field sort of set out to just like to be able to sort of, that's kind of like the safer route, the, the thing to sort of pay the bills that could actually yeah. happen. But, you know, did you ever have any inclination that this other thing, you know, that you're doing would ever be something that you could turn into a job? No, I mean, going through school, like I was aiming to work for a company of, of one way, you know, one way or another, I never thought I would be my own brand, my own business, um, you know, working through, you know, all these different uh, publishers and contract work. I never thought that would be a possibility. Um, but yeah, when, like I said, when I launched Plume on, online and watched the the audience grow, and then that first Kickstarter that I launched on my own was like hugely su successful. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, maybe I can do this route. And yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I started exploring the webcomic genre for sure. Was that sort of like the time when you were when you realized, screw it, like this could be my career, you know, and, and when you kind of like or do you still not even, you know, feel that way? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of standing on shaky ground. You know, you're waiting for it to give out, um, you know, you're waiting for the, the, the projects to stop landing on your doorstep, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know if you're ever comfortable in your career, then that's when it's going to start to die. <laughs> yeah. You know, you always have to be out there hustling and you always have to be there, you know, pushing your brand. So it is a weird world to be in, but it's exciting and it keeps you on your toes. <laughs> How do you deal with that sort of feeling of that shaky ground? A network, you know, gather your people around you. Um, you know, going to the shows, you know, talking to people, knowing that you're not alone in, in the fear that you have. Um, and then, you know, making connections. So when it does, the well does dry up, you have, you know, other sources to pull from. Um, 
I mean, so far it's been, it's been great. You know, a lot of projects have come my way. I've even had to say no to some. Um, but yeah, I mean, saying I can't do it now, but I can do it later, you know, uh, just, you know, keeping the door open and yeah, getting to know as many people as you can in this field is, is the way to go. Being in your position, how do you sort of balance all those different sources? Like, like when you say when the well runs dry in one thing that you have something else, how do you balance all of that? Uh, making a list, uh, keeping myself as organized as possible, um, which is very hard for me because I am a very, uh, you know, those artistic types. We're kind of scatterbrained a little bit. Um, but I have, you know, post-it notes and lists of contacts all around my desk right now. I'm looking at them right now. So <laughs> I'm trying to remain as organized as possible. Um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a mess, but it's organized mess. <laughs> Do you, um, in some way keep in touch with all your contacts to, to a certain extent from all those different avenues? Um, yes, uh, because I mean, it's, the contacts are basically the Comic-Con circuit. So it's, it's you see people constantly in your travels um, right. and, you know, all the networking events and everything like that. Just, you know, touching base with everybody face-to-face is, is great. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a refresher uh, when we go to Comic-Cons, just kind of, um, you know, rebuild the connections for sure. Yeah, that's something that I've really noticed since I started uh... – going to the uh, comic cons and talking with people like Dirk Manning and other people um, is that everybody kind of, um, there's a community of, mm-hmm. of, of creatives. How important is it to have that sort of uh, community of creatives that, that you do see at the comic cons and then, you know, sometimes you might not see, but how, how important is it to, you know, continue to uh, create that community? I think it's hugely important. I mean, all the projects that have hit me have been from, you know, other people who have suggested, uh, you know, someone will come across someone wanting an artist that has, you know, they're asking for a certain style and they're like, oh, well, I know, you know, so-and-so who has this kind of style. So, you know, we're always looking out for each other or if I, you know, if I get offered something, I'm like, I can't do it, but I have someone else in mind that could, you know, it's always, you know, watching out for each other. So that network is hugely important for sure. Do you, do you feel like there's, you know, ever any competition between the artists or is it just, you know, everybody's pretty supportive? Oh, it's pretty supportive. If, if you're competing with somebody, then you're doing it wrong. Um, cause if your success brings more readers into the world, then, um, you know, then it will help my book as well. So it's, should never be viewed as a competition. Uh, we should always be pulling each other up. Um, because I mean, there's so many different styles and stories and viewpoints that I don't think you ever really would compete. I mean, I did a Western comic. Um, gosh, there's so many Western comics out there now. So it's, it's never a competition. It's, you know, I, I may have broken, you know, I may have you know, introduced somebody to the Western genre who never liked it before, and now they're out reading other Western books. So, um, yeah, I, it's, it has to be, uh, you know, a group effort. How much of yourself, you know, do you put into the the projects that you're a part of? Quite a bit. Um, more so than I realized until someone pointed it out to me. <laughs> 
um, which says, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't say a lot about myself because some of my characters are just rough. Um, <laughs> like with my main character, Vesper, and, in Plume, uh, I, you know, I was at a con and I said something and they're like, wow, you sound just like Vesper. And I'm like, okay, all right. Or, you know, Tegan is like so, so raunchy and, you know, she, she says some pretty um, risque stuff and then I'll say something. I'm like, oh, there's, there's Tegan. So yeah, it's, um, it's kind of, you can't help it. Um, you know, putting your little, little piece of yourself in, in your characters, which is the fun part. But, um, you know, I mean, it's coming from some part of your brain. So it just can't be helped. Yourself just seeps in. <laughs> right. Kind of extending on that, is there anything about yourself that you learned through, you know, making these comics? Yeah. Um, yeah, being flawed, you know, is is okay. Uh, you know, one, the, you know, the characters being flawed, but two, you know, the 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 artwork or, you know, building the story, you know, you know, there are happy accidents that happen all the time that could morph the story completely. And you never would have even imagined it in the, in the beginning. So um, I've learned that, you know, you kind of have to go with the flow um, and just embrace, you know, the growing of the project, if that makes any sense. Right, right. <laughs> um, you know, with Plume, when I first started mapping it out, it was nothing like what it ended up being. Um, so you know, it's just kind of have to embrace the change uh, in artwork and in story. So, yeah, I got I learned that I can't be so strict. I have to, you know, be a little more loosey goosey. Right. In these titles like Hope or Plume, you know, you do have these. These uh, these women characters that are the centerpiece of the stories, um, you know, what's your idea, you know, of uh what's your idea of sort of the the representation of women in comics these days you know do you feel like um that you know women are being written better these days and is there any times where you feel like um you know maybe you can tell that a man's written this woman <laughs> character you know wh wh where you know where do you feel like the, the the representation of the women character is in comic books these days. Um, I did give Dirk a little bit of hell about this because he's writing a, a comic about a woman who is a mother. And I'm like, okay, what gives you the right? But um, he actually writes women pretty well. I have had to rear, you know, reel him back a little bit from, you know, hope losing all sense completely. I'm <laughs> right. um, like, dude, okay, stop making her cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know, I think, you know, I think the industry is getting way better. Um, there are still some, you know, um, questionable materials out there. Um, you know, for instance, women do not arch their backs when they pick up something. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I've never done it. Um, nor have I fallen with my ass up in the air or anything of that nature. Um, <laughs> am I allowed to swear? <laughs> Cause I just did. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I feel that, you know, it's very important. Um, I didn't, I didn't write Vesper as, you know, in my brain going, oh, she's a girl, she's a girl, she's a girl. No, I just wrote her as a character who, you know, lost family and now she's on this quest for revenge, like her being a female, nothing, you know, never had anything to do with. It. And I think that's, that's why, or that's how to draw, to write a 
strong female character is just to kind of forget that she's a female and just give her, you know, this personality and this drive, you know, um, although often I see, I won't name names, but there's, you know, there's different series that will write a woman who is, um, you know, loves to have sex with all these men who drinks, who belches, who, you know, takes her clothes off at a, at a whim. And it's like, Oh, she's a strong female character. I'm like, no, she's written as a, a complete man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so there's, there's a fine line. Like sometimes you can go a little too far with writing a quote unquote strong female character. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's gotten way better and, you know, it, it's a changing atmosphere constantly for sure. So it's refreshing, you know, to come across a writer like, like Dirk Manning, um, not to toot his horn cause he, he toots it for himself, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is refreshing to see uh, a guy, you know, write a really good female character. And you kind of mentioned this, uh, when you were explaining that, uh, how do you sort of balance the idea of, you know, writing an authentic strong woman character against not even thinking about that character being a woman? Oh, um, yeah, I, that's a, yeah, I don't know. I mean, with, with Vesper, um, you know, she was told throughout the comic that, you know, you can't do this. You're, you're a girl. Um, and she's like, what does that even mean? Like, you know, step out of my way kind of deal. Um, you know, it's just, it's just writing a well-rounded character, um, who fails and, who gets back up and, and goes again. And, um, yeah, I, I, that's a tough question. I don't know the difference between the two. Right. <laughs> In hope, you know, what do you, what do you feel, what, what do you eventually want the, uh, the reader to get out of, uh, reading this comic book? Um, the strength and family, uh, you know, it's, hugely centered around that. Uh, you know, it's, it's a view between what's, you know, bad versus evil and, you know, what makes a bad person evil and what makes a bad person, you know, change their ways. And, you know, and then I, you know, addressing the actual good quote unquote character and, you know, how far they will go for family and, uh, whether or not, you know, it would, you know, taint her character. Um, we yeah we just we wanted to really bend and uh, and uh, blur the line between good and evil and if someone was pushed far enough like how far you know if they're allowed if they have this kind of power is it good to use it or you know should you step back from it um, it's yeah it's really a, a psychological view on you know if this situation was to happen in reality, like how, how it would play out. Um, so yeah, the, the center focus is how far would you go for family? Yeah. And hope like sort of the general public doesn't necessarily have warm feelings for these superhero type characters that are in mm -hmm. their world. You know, how does that parallel real life these days? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like I, I don't want to compare rich people to to the ultras, but I mean the rich have 
all these opportunities, you know, they don't have the worries of the lower class and, you know, and then obviously, you know, the rich are viewed pretty poorly among the, you know, the majority of the population because they have the power. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's where ultras come in is that they have the power and these, you know, the lower class, um, is scared of them. You know, they, they can do things that the others can't and, they could severely hurt, uh, you know, other people without realizing it. And, uh, you know, you're scared of what you don't know. And these ultras are definitely a mystery to them. Do you, you know, with these, this ultra character, these superheroes, you know, you know, you know, and you don't need to spoil anything in the, uh, for the book already, but, uh, is there, you know, is there, will there be a point when people need to sort of, you know, try to understand where these people are coming from because they are trying to do uh, good for the world? Yes. Um, the issue hasn't been written yet, but we have, Dirk and I have been talking about that aspect. Um, you know, there is actually, it's been touched upon a, quite, uh, a little bit with the, um, with one of the issues in the first volume. Um, you know, with the ultras, like they, uh, they have to be registered, uh, under, you know, the government to be able to do this, you know, to go out and fight evil. And if they're not, then they're illegal ultras. And that is a huge, you know, no, no. <laughs> so there is like this world that's trying to regulate them and that comes into play. Um, but I don't want to say any more cause I don't want to give away anything else. <laughs> right. Dirk is going to muzzle me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold it back hold it back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> in stories like this um because you know you often hear um similar stuff in other uh superhero comic books you'll have care like you'll have like uh like kids that are characters in these books you know look up to these uh superhero types whereas the like we already kind of touched upon the humans are like the adults will you know kind of feel afraid or have like lukewarm feelings for these uh superheroes why is it you know why is it like the kids always have this sort of clear you know minded admiration for these superheroes well it's something that they can grow up to be too i mean and you know kids are just so innocent and naive you know that they they see this you know this person as something they can strive to be and adults are so jaded. <laughs> we know, <laughs> um, you know, and I guess the adults miss their chance to become this superhero, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It's just, yeah, you know, kids are so innocent and, and wonderful that they, they could hardly see anything negative really. But that's interesting because, you know, in, in hope that's not, terribly the the situation but again i won't tell you any spoilers <laughs> <laughs> right 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 you know when you're writing you know books like hope um books like plume anything else that you've been a part of uh look you're um a part of afterglow that was written by uh, pat shan you know what um you know what is it about comic books especially the stuff that you've been a part of that really resonates to uh to the readers out there you know why does it why does do these universes exist 
as a whole or is is my 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 work as as a whole but relating to your work um it's just creating all these like i mean if you look at afterglow it's a it's a girl with a giant mutant cat and then you go to hope which is a, a mother superhero and then you go to plume which is a western with uh, this magical fantasy world. Um, there's just, it's a huge scope of different worlds that you can escape into. And, and, you know, these characters are, are different from each other and they have their own problems to overcome and adventures. And it's just, it's so amazing. The world is just, you know, every, every week we have a new comic coming out and, uh, a new world to explore. And, you know, in my body of work, like uh, that is just absolutely fascinating to me is the characters, you know, uh, creating the, the adventures and then creating the expressions on their faces and how they react to different situations like that. I just eat it up. I love it so much. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's an escape for me drawing it and for people who are reading it. When you're at comic cons and, people are coming up to your table you know what are the, some of the things that you're talking with them about a lot of times i mean people there are aspiring artists that come to the the shows and they want to talk to you about their own art which is awesome like i've had people come up and slap down a comic on my table and say hey i created this because of you that is like that just floors me i love it so much um <laughs> So connecting with, you know, you know, artists and, and future comic book artists and, um, you know, that's a percentage of it. And another percentage is just, you know, you know, avid fans and, and readers and um, other people who just want to discover a new book. And it's I just love, you know, Comic-Con because it's all these people who are loving the same thing under one roof. And it's a good time. It really is a good time. What's, you know... If there's any aspiring artists, you know, either listening to this or when you're at those comic cons, what are some of the, you know, advice that you're giving out to people? Just do it. <laughs> um, I sat on, you know, whether or not I should do a web comic for for a while. I even started it and stopped, and then, you know, rethought it. Like kept like second guessing myself. Um, with you know the day and age of it being everything digital, um, you know, web comics is such an easy way to break into the industry, you know, just start creating a story, start posting, start pushing it through social media and, you know, all the web comic sites like, um, you know, Tapastic and Webtoons and all those sites that are readily available and free. Um, it's so easy. I, I say easy with, you know, a grain of salt, but right. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's so easy to start, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, just mapping out a small story and testing the waters by posting that um, is a huge thing. You know, just just do it. Just start it. You know, stop beating around the bush. That's my advice. <laughs> right. And kind of extending on that, you know, what is something, you know, a nugget of knowledge that comes from, you know, coming from your life or career that anybody listening to this podcast, whether they're a comic book writer, artist or not, or in a, a totally different artistry as a whole, they, that they could sort of project onto their own life. Um, like I, I said earlier, like making connections, I think that's really important. Um, going to comic cons and approaching artists at a table uh, while being respectful of their time too. you know, 
we're, we're there to sell, but we are, you know, we love talking to, you know, aspiring artists, but yeah, getting yourself out there and, uh, you know, talking to different artists, you know, and figuring out their own story, how they got started, what they, you know, what the artists can do, um, to improve their work and yeah, just getting yourself out there and networking and expanding that circle of, uh, creatives. Yeah. Something you just said, being respectful, what is the do's and don'ts of being respectful with an artist? Yeah. Um, so I love looking at portfolios, but I only have, you know, a certain amount of time before someone else comes up to my table. And, uh, so, you know, when you want to show off your artwork, that's great. Make, make a portfolio, but don't make it a massive thing. Make right. it, you know, make it like maybe 10 pages long. Um, so they can be flipped through very quickly. I have had <laughs> a binder that someone, you know, put down on my table that shook the whole table, but it was <laughs> so heavy. And, you know, you, you want to be, you want to go through it, but you can't, you can't possibly go through the whole thing. And, you know, having to stop in the middle and going, that's great. And hand it back is, is, you know, it's a little awkward. So, um, you know, be respectful of their time, you know, you know, make your pitch at, you know, 10 minutes at most <laughs> and then, you know, move on. Um, but again, I mean, I love seeing people's work, but yeah, just the portfolio needs to be toned down just a little. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And how, how do you deal with, uh, you know, doing the Comic-Con circuit when you're talking to so many people for, two, three, four days straight, you know, what, you know, how do you sort of deal with that from like just a health aspect, a mental health aspect? Alcohol. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, or am I? No, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's really tough. I mean, cause it's a long day and you are on the whole time and I'm a very low energy person which, you know, Dirk Manning is a very small dosage. Oh my gosh. He, he's a very high energy and, um, a day with him. I'm like at the end, just dragging ass. Um, <laughs> and you could tell him that. <laughs> right. And a lot of times you're right next to him. So yeah. Oh yeah. He is like constantly going and I'm like slumped unconscious in my chair. It's, it's awful. Um, but yeah, it is, it's a long day and you know, you're talking to so many people. It's just, you you definitely have to walk away from your table for just a little bit, you know, grab something to eat, take, you know, get a drink, water, and then, uh, you know, just kind of recruit, regroup and then come back. Um, but it is, yeah, it's, it's long. It's a long day and go to bed early. Yeah. <laughs> Despite everyone want, wanting to party, you know, um, I mean, you don't do the, uh, the karaoke with Dirk after. Oh gosh. Don't even get me started on karaoke. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious. Um, I am the one that wants to huddle in a corner and drink and just make fun of the singers. I do not want to be up there. So if he, he always like pushes me to sing and I am not a, about that life. <laughs> did he ever, did he ever succeed in getting you up there? I, I got up there once and it was to sing Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Got Back. And, it was... <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, it was not good. <laughs> Outside of, um, you know, doing all your comic book work, you know, what other things do you like to do in your spare time? You know, what sort of things that you do just to have fun or decompress? 
I I'm I love photography. Uh, I I actually used to have a business um, called Fresh Image, which I I was like, oh, your your podcast is very close to. Right. <laughs> um, so I used to do that, but now it's it's just a hobby, which I absolutely love. Uh, you know, doing photography as a business was the tits, um, or okay. not in a negative way. Um, yeah, it's. I love doing photography. I love traveling. Um, even with the shows, like the cons, like, yeah, it's a business travel, but I love exploring the cities and, and seeing new places. And, um, gosh, what do I do that it's on the side that's not drawing or writing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, gosh. Yeah, that's, I, I am constantly writing and drawing. It's like, I, I like to, you know, watch Netflix, you know, I like to read, um, but yeah, if I'm not, if I'm not in front of my iPad or my computer, then, uh, I go a little stir crazy. <laughs> <To be honest. laughs> I had this discussion with actually, um, a pro wrestler that I was in, I interviewed recently and he was talking about traveling and how like a lot of wrestlers would be like, I've been to all these places, but I never seen this, you know, I only like see the airports in the venue <laughs> and they, but he's like, I see the places that I go to. I make sure I, I see the places that you um, go to, you know, how do you go about that when you're traveling to all these different cities for the comic cons, you know, how do you sort of carve out the time to see the city that you're in? Yeah. I mean, with Loden's, uh, we, you know, sometimes we get the day before to load in our stuff. Uh, so that's great. So I usually try to get there a day or two early. And so that, when I load in, you know, then I'm like done and I can go and explore. Um, and then, you know, it just after the show, you know, you want to go to dinner or something. So you get to see the city at night at least. Um, but yeah, carving out just a little time before the show begins is great. And then, um, rarely I have any time after the show. It's usually like I fly out pretty quickly, but, um, yeah, the, the day before is usually the time where I can explore the city. How does, how does, um, you know, carving out that time to explore the cities that you're in sort of make the travel better? Oh, because you get to, you get to, you know, get a sense of the city and the life and the people. And, um, yeah, just, you know, getting to see the area that you're in before you, you know, are talking face to face with the public <laughs> at the show. You know, it's, um, you know, you get a good, get uh, overall feeling of the area that makes sense (laughs) yeah totally what's what's some of the cities that you like to uh to travel to the most oh gosh that's i i gotta say kansas city um planet comic-con is one of my favorite shows and kansas city is like the best barbecue you will ever have um so i i i enjoy that city quite a bit um Seattle with Emerald City Comic Con, which is just around the corner. Okay. Uh, I enjoy Seattle quite a bit too. I mean, those hills kill me, but <laughs> besides that, um, yeah, Seattle is a great city to explore. And then the convention center itself is pretty city center, where everything, you know, it's only a, a short walk away from the cool shops, and um, that's a really fun city to explore. Great, great, great. Yeah, before we get out of here, I always like to um, to end my interviews with the same question. 
And that question is, who is somebody that's been a part of your life or career that I could realistically interview for this podcast that would have some good stories or lessons to talk about? Well, I'd have to say Dirk Manning, but I mean, he's already in your roster. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would have to say, um, you know, Travis uh, McIntyre, who's, you know, the head honcho of SourcePoint Press. Um, I think he'd be a great person to interview since his company is making huge strides into expanding beyond the horror genre like they are they're moving up quick and uh you know they're taking a chance on hope you know hope is the first superhero genre that they've ever um signed up for so um and then them getting us on the free comic book day too they've really pushed um this title and they're doing great things for for us and for for other creators um i think travis would be a great person to reach out to all right great it's been great interviewing you Nice. It was great to talk with you. Where can people go online to get more information about you and Hope and anything else that you've been working on? Yeah. So um, my main site is kaylinsmith.net. You can find me on the Twitters at uh, at, um, kaylintweets. And then don't ask, but my (laughs) Instagram is handmadecrown. Great, great, great. It's been good talking with you. Good luck with every, everything. And like we talked about, go uh, support the uh, the Hope Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Find find Hope on Kickstarter. It's uh, volume one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. It's been great talking with you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. No problem. <laughs> All right, that was my interview with Kaylin Smith. All the information to where you can go contribute to the Hope Kickstarter is in the show notes for this episode at freshesthepodcast.com. All right, that's another show in the books. Thank you for listening. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.